Welcome back to part four of the a la carte series of Intro to Firearms from Garrett. With me is uh, Dave. Hi. And Nick, who Hello. hasn't been here for a while. He's been on a uh, spearfishing trip to Antarctica. Uh, more of a vision quest that involves spearing things. Fair enough. So on this one, I want to give a brief introduction to caliber. What do these numbers mean? You'll hear things like 9mm or 22 caliber or 12 gauge. And uh, yeah, I've, I've heard some people like, yeah, I carry a 22 millimeter. It's like, I doubt you do. <laughs> <laughs> How long can you carry that thing, pal? Or a, a nine caliber. It's that that's either really big or really small. I have a two gauge handgun. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Isn't that just a fucking flare gun? No, <laughs> flare guns are actually 12 gauge. Oh. Huh. I didn't know that. <laughs> I've seen someone try to fire a 50 BMG with a flare gun. <clears throat> it did not end well. No, it wouldn't. Yeah, that 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 ends up in a small hand grenade. So, uh, what what are these things? We'll start with the easiest explanation. Millimeter. Metric system. When you hear 9 millimeter or 7.62 millimeter, that is literally the diameter of the bullet. Mm -hmm. In relation to the um, well, some some countries do it a bit different, but it's the overall diameter of the bullet and specifically the bore most guns are rifled these days which means there are grooves inside the barrel that put a spin on the bullet spinning it like a football to make it more stable um russia or the soviet union um there they gauged their their mil their diameter by the outside of the rifling so, what was farthest apart in the barrel? Mm. The West and America gauge things from the inside lands of the rifling. So, you'll hear 7.62x5.1 NATO, which is a Western cartridge, mm -hmm. and 7.62x39mm, or 39 Soviet. Both are technically 7.62, but the actual bullets are a little bit different. <clears throat> 5.1 NATO is 308, 0.308 inches. The Soviet is 0.312 inches. So not much of a difference, but enough to matter. Mm -hmm. Cartridges that are named with millimeters, you'll hear one number multiplied by another number. So most common handgun cartridge in the world, that isn't a 22 long rifle, 9 millimeter. That is, that it can be 9 millimeter Parabellum, 9 millimeter Luger, 9 by 19, or 9 millimeter NATO. These are all the same bullet. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> the CSTO has no say here. <clears throat> that second number is the length of the case. So when it comes to bullets, you have the projectile itself. The brass, or often brass casing, fine, and then a primer. <laughs> the powder fills the case. The primer is a little explosive cap that ignites the prime, the powder, causing a small explosion. The gas of the explosion pushes the bullet down the barrel. So the case, the size of the case or dictates how much powder you can have behind the bullet. <clears throat> the bigger the number, the more powerful the cartridge. Typically, there's always some gray area in this stuff. 
That's composition of the slug also matters, right? <clears throat> as far as terminal ballistics, but we're not even getting into that. Okay. <laughs> That's millimeter. The second easiest to to understand is caliber. You'll hear when people are talking about guns, they'll say something is nine nine millimeter as its caliber. That's just what it's chambered in. Mm. What bullet does it shoot? But caliber does have a specific definition, which is uh, it's given a decimal and then up to three numbers. And those numbers are fractions of an inch. So using the 30 caliber example again, or the 7.62, the 7.62 by 5 one NATO is also called a 308 Winchester. Same bullet. Mm. A little bit difference in the loading, but for our purposes, it's good enough. That means the bullet is almost a, th almost a third of an inch. Mm. It is 308 thousandths of an inch. Okay. There's not my. So, what's the use in having those two distinct ways of, of measuring the bullet? There is none. Oh, okay. <laughs> it just it, one uses the metric system, one uses the imperial system. Okay. And oftentimes, bullets will have they'll be the same bullet, but have two different names mm -hmm. because they were manufactured different places. Um, no, they can be manufactured in the same location. It, it, it's who's using it at the time. Mm. Ah. So a deer hunter will typically call their round a 308 Winchester. A soldier in NATO will call it 7.62 by 51 NATO mm. or 7.62 NATO. Okay. Hmm. Now, there, this is where things get deceiving with caliber. A 38 is 0.38, or it should be, right? You would think so. It's actually .357. Oh, they just round it up. That, well, if they just round it up, it'd be 36. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, why is a .357 bullet called a 38? And this is where the history comes in. Back when revolvers were black powder, cap and ball is what they're called, where it didn't have casings. It's a lot of paper. Maybe not even that. It might be loose powder and ball. Oh. A common chambering was 36 caliber, which was actually 0.357. Mm. Well, when smokeless powder came around, these are higher... The smokeless powder provides higher pressures, meaning faster bullets. But those old black powder guns couldn't handle the, chain, or the, the higher pressures. They might explode. Mm-hmm. And you didn't want to try and put a modern smokeless powder cartridge into an old black powder weapon. So they called it a 38. That, that reminds me of an irritating scene from one of my, uh, from a comic I read. There's this old vampire who, uh, he was around for most of the British Empire's conquests. And he was used to using, he had a fucking brown bess. Mm-hmm. He was a fucking idiot who just started loading modern fire or modern shells into that old fucking rifle and trying to use it normally. If it was a brown bess, it wouldn't accept them. Well, he kept cracking it open, putting the powder in. Oh, yeah, that's a bad idea. Yeah, he died. His rifle exploded and... <laughs> a brown bess is a musket. I know. I know. 
Well, we've already made the distinction, so you should use the proper terminology. Okay. It was just... It was hilarious, because the entire thing was going over how... The entire comic was about how vampires are parasitic. They don't create anything. They just steal our shit and tend to... They're great with it, but they can't do anything new. Okay. <clears throat> so, vampire gets... He accidentally stakes himself with his own rifle. Musket. Musket, right. <laughs> right I'm going to be a rifle. stickler about that. <laughs> yeah, because it's not, it has, it's not rifled, it's smoothbore. And, well, and particularly because we're doing an ep episode on firearms, so those okay. distinctions yeah. are yeah. Yeah. important. But that's why you end up with things like 38 that are actually... Yeah. And it's at, in some cases, 0 .355. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 357 Magnum, 38 Special, 9 millimeter. The, they all have the same bullet diameter mm. of 0.357 or 0.355. Hmm. It's uh, 357 Magnum is longer, so it has more powder behind it. You can fit a 38 Special into a 357 Magnum gun, and it will fire just fine. For the most part, always check your always check your manual before you try anything. Mm -hmm. uh, thirty eight super can sometimes fit into a thirty eight or three fifty seven magnum. You can fit into a thirty eight special, but you don't want to do that. It's a bad idea. Would you shut up? He's That's being how you lose particularly noisy tonight. He is. So where does gauge come into this? Gauge is the hardest to explain. Okay. Gauge is often used for shotguns. Yeah. It's 12 gauge, 20 gauge. 10 and gauge. Then, mm. and, and the then, smaller the number, the bigger the... the uh, bigger, the, bigger the gauge. The gauge, yeah. And how do you come to 12 gauge? What, do, what does that mean? Well, back in the day, gauge meant that you can fit or the inside bore of the barrel if you were to make a lead sphere of that size and you gathered up X number, it would make one pound of lead. Mm -hmm. So it would require 12 lead balls the size of a 12-gauge bore shotgun to make one pound of lead. <laughs> That's archaic. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. Lame. For a 20-gauge, it requires 20 of those balls. For a 28, 28. And, so. yeah, there are some, <laughs> I think the largest gauge shotgun I've ever heard of was a four gauge. Okay. And those were used for commercial duck hunting. Isn't that also <laughs> referred to as a punt gun? Yes. They would put them on a small boat called a punt. <laughs> and four guys would wheel this thing out into the middle of a pond, scare up a bunch of ducks, and knock down half the flock. <laughs> They are illegal to hunt with now. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I do remember that. You can own a punt gun. You just can't hunt with a punt <laughs> gun. Um, Depends on what you're hunting. Does it? Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty yeah. sure it's not uh, against any, you know. You could use it against whale, I guess. <laughs> you, I mean, I, I was going for, like, the most dangerous game. Squirrel? <laughs> <laughs> there is no law in Indiana that says you can't hunt. There is no caliber restriction on hunting squirrel in the state of Indiana. It's just whether or not you want soup over, like, an actual animal. 
Like you, you, well, could. you could, you could, you could make soup, or you could make, you could turn the squirrel into a spice. <laughs> if you had a destructive device license and a Rheinmetall 120 millimeter cannon, there's no reason, legally, you couldn't <laughs> use it to hunt squirrel in the state of Indiana. Hmm. I don't know why you would. Uh, you'd really just be doing some serious deforesting mm-hmm. if you're using around. canister shot. I carry around this mutated anthrax for duck hunting. So that kind of piggybacking off of caliber, uh, gauge, and millimeter. Um, what makes a cannon? Well, it's usually what a... An official, oh, wait, we're talking about the other kind of cannon. The deadly kind of cannon. Yes, well, yeah, that's the, the one saying. with two ends. Yes. Ah. Well, three ends in the entire word. Two ends. Well, I right mean, next when most people think of a cannon, they think of you know like a Napoleonic cannon. Right, a black powder yeah. Napoleonic cannon. But we still use cannons. Mm-hmm. Um, the main gun and the main battle tank. That is that is a cannon. Mm-hmm. In the United States, it's a 120 millimeter Rheinmetall gun. Is it uh, smoothbore? Actually. Really. Yes. Does it need to be smoothbore to be a to be a cannon? No, you can have rifled cannons. Okay. You can have smoothbore cannons. In some cases, depending on what you're trying to launch, smoothbore is better. Sometimes right. rifling is better. I mean, is it is it just based on size? For the most part. Okay. Because cannons are, tend to be quite large. I tend to uh, consider any anything twenty millimeter and above okay. a cannon. But there's a there's gray area in that. Technically, um, in Europe, twelve gauge is sometimes referred to as twenty millimeter caseless. Mm. But <laughs> it's not a cannon; it's a shotgun. Well, I was thinking maybe another distinction is uh, whether or not a person can actually carry it. Um, twenty five millimeter Anzio that uses a that is technically man portable. Hmm. Probably have to be beefy, motherfucker, though. Uh, it's... I think the gun is eight feet long. Good God, okay, yeah. Ugh. Or a 20 millimeter Lottie. That's an... That's classified as an anti-tank rifle, but it's pretty much a cannon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it still sounds like a fucking cannon to me. It's Finnish. What do you expect? So are there... I mean, is that... Are there any more specific? Not that I'm aware of. Just size, basically. Okay. Um, if it's finished, I'm expecting it to come on skis. It does, actually. Ah, thought so. It has two little skis that can be turned into a bipod. Just imagine this thing going off and then sliding backwards and down a hill and then off a ramp. <laughs> now, uh, now that is something I would like to see well, the, the in gun, the Winter Olympics. The gun weighs like 120, I think like 112 pounds. Hmm. So it's got some, it's got some ass on it. So yeah. it, it won't knock you that far back. Extreme, like an extreme sport where you specifically use one of those, like the ski, the tank, or the anti-tank rifle on the skis, and you have to ride it, and then once you land, make a shot. Yeah, that's real dumb. Yes. My brain went from like from that then to imagining it being like an episode of Jackass where they're standing mm-hmm. behind that thing and they got to see how much they can take, and then that went from that. To a backblast area, not clear situation. <laughs> Still an episode of Jackass. Yeah, we're just standing behind an RPG. You can find plenty of uh, examples on typically, you know, what used to be live leak of mm-hmm. what happens when you don't 
check your back blast. Yes. Um, done. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw some video from an ISIS war zone where someone did not check their back blast. They fired it inside of a... It was a, an enclosed truck. Yeah, that'll... Uh... Uh, that was a lot of cooked ISIS fighters. Mm-hmm. And it's it's concussion and a lot of uh, like superheated gas. Um, Do you go to? <clears throat> is that still technically martyrdom or just a really? Or do you just fuck up and and Allah's like no no you're no you you fucked up too bad man. I don't know. You'd yeah. have to talk to an imam about that one. Eh. So, since we 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 went into cannons. What separates a cannon from a mortar from a howitzer? I'm pretty sure a mortar is specifically indirect fire. Yeah, the mortar's actually got to go up. It's got to arc to it and come back down. Except for somebody you knew who actually angled it for a direct fire and broke his foot. Yeah, we're not going to get into that. <laughs> um, it goes back to 18th and 19th century terminology. A cannon was always direct fire. Mm-hmm. Meaning you look at the target and... You're it, aiming at it. You're aiming directly at it over a shallow trajectory. Mm. A mortar went up, then came down. The round itself. And mm. you adjusted the distance by changing the powder charge. A howitzer could be fired in direct or indirect modes. Yes. That that's Can be fired direct or indirect. Yes. Yeah. Did I say indirect twice? You, it was technically correct, but it would have been confusing on the recording. <laughs> you okay. said it can be fired in direct, as in two separate okay. words, or indirect. Yeah. So. yeah. For clarity's sake. the most tortured cat puking I've ever heard. There was a squeal. Now, today's mortars can be adjusted for angle as well. Mm-hmm. But they're, they're still primarily an indirect fire. Yeah. Some can be used in a direct fire mode. It's not recommended. <laughs> and, a ha- and modern day howitzers, while they can fire in, um, indirectly, having them angled up at a, at a spit, or having them angled up and firing multiple rounds can damage the uh, the chassis. Mm. It's what we're running into in Afghanistan. Oh, yeah. A lot of indirect fire. So, or high angle. Anything long distance is going to be indirect fire. If, if so it what's plunges the benefit? Down. I imagine that the benefit of using indirect fire is that it's more difficult to um, judge the direction from which the fire came. No. Is that not it? No, no, that's it's not getting it at all. over cover. Yeah, it's, it's well, yeah. defeating cover. That's why you use indirect fire. Okay. It's easier to shoot one round that goes over a wall versus multiple rounds to bust down the wall to then fire another to hit the target. Right. Yeah, that's why I have a very particular loadout in Brigador where I usually have either a very powerful direct fire weapon or a slightly weaker mortar. Okay. So. (laughs) I've been trying to avoid any any kind of video game references in this series. And and while having some humor being more and more direct and matter of the fact with it. Yeah. Uh, what else is there to say about caliber? Oh, black powders. 
when you're loading a black powder, you'll hear, or old black powder weapons, you'll hear things like 45-70, or 50-70, or 45-190 is the most extreme that I've heard of, or 44-40, Because this is old black powder stuff, a 45-70, for example, you will be firing a 45 caliber ball with 70 grains of black powder behind it. Mm. Okay, that's <clears> what <throat> I thought it was. So 3220, 32 caliber ball with 20 grains of powder. Mm. And that is going to be one big fucking ball. 32 caliber? No, it's going no, to be 32. Mm. Although about a third, a third of an inch. A 32 will actually typically be about 30 caliber. I know, they make a very <laughs> big hole. What do? Uh, ball and traditional black powder weapons. No, they make the same size hole mm. as a modern day firearm. The, the, the bullet doesn't magically get bigger on the way to the target. Well, no. It, you're talking about the difference between an entrance and exit wound. Ah, right. But that's getting more into terminal ballistics, which is going to be another episode. Uh, that'll be fun. Yeah, hopefully. So, any questions about bullet designations? Only the the same one as, why don't we just move over to metric? Imperial is just so fucking arcane. I don't have any answers for you. I don't know. I don't know why. You want to get into types of bullets? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do is there time for that in an, in an a la carte episode? We could probably get through it in eight minutes. Okay, well, go for it. So, most po most bullets fired are full metal jacket, which means that bullets are typically made of lead. But when you look at a bullet in most media, you'll see, hey, why is that? Why does the metal of the bullet not look like lead? The bullet itself, not the casing, mm. the bullet itself. Because it has a jacket made of metal, either brass, copper, uh, some sort of softer metal. Typically brass or copper. Sometimes you'll see a bimetal. And those just punch a hole through the target. They don't expand unless they hit hard tissue and then they'll kind of mushroom out. But they just punch right through. The next most often used bullet in handguns is called a jacketed hollow point. You have a full metal jacket, but instead of the, the full cone... You have this little divot on the mm. inside. That's when it hits soft tissue, it expands. It's the little meat cut. Out. It makes a... It forces the bullet... The target forces the bullet open. Like a little death flower. Kinda. Is there almost like a cavitation type thing going on there? Is that how it pops open that way? Um, no. No? No, the cavitation comes in when we start talking about... Um, Hydroshock, hydrostatic shock. Hmm. Handguns don't do that. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, hand, I think I mentioned it in the first episode. A pistol puts a hole in someone. A rifle puts a hole through someone. A shotgun tears a chunk off them and then throws it on the floor and pisses on it. If the shotgun is within its range. Mm -hmm. uh, then you have match bullets, which are... Match rounds are made to much stricter tolerances, so they're far more consistent. You don't see those in handguns. It is primarily a rifle cartridge. Mm -hmm. 
Um, getting into shotgun, you have, and this is there's a whole wor- world of bullets. What makes a match? Uh, is that a match bullet? It's more cons- it's more consistent. That's all it is. Just yes. each bullet is more finely. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hmm. I know that shotgun loadouts can, or loads can be really fucking exotic. They can be very, very strange, but sticking to the most common types, you have slug, buckshot, and field loads. A slug takes the end. It's, it's just one giant chunk of lead. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. It's a cylinder of lead moving fast to, to crush its way through the target. Buckshot is not as big as a slug, but bigger than field load. Mm-hmm. It, uh, I believe they are... In a 12-gauge, it is traditionally nine thirty-two caliber pellets being fired all at once. Mm-hmm. So if you've heard someone say, shotgun it, that's what it means. Mm-hmm. And then field load are a bunch of tiny little lead balls, traditionally used for hunting birds and small game. I do know they're sometimes used in self-defense, but in a lot of places that's a bad idea because it doesn't do enough damage to kill your target oh it can yeah <clears throat> well yeah i mean you get somebody in the face with it uh I, I, grantham did an excellent video are you just talking about field loads yeah oh okay grantham did an excellent video talking about what happens if you're at close range with a field load it takes your goddamn head off but at that range so does buckshot mm-hmm. <laughs> so does a slug <laughs> yeah there, there is no such thing in my experience as a non-lethal firearm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even beanbags can do a lot of damage. Hellacious damage. Yeah. Wasn't there a... So this whole, why don't they just use rubber bullets? You're still talking about a, a chunk of something moving faster than the speed of sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was a less than lethal thing called a baton round. Yeah. Those were just brutal. Yeah, there there are less than lethal loads, but you still hit someone in the dome with that. They're going down for the count and not getting back up. Mm-hmm. And in the larynx, that's a collapsed <clears throat> windpipe. Wind You're still talking about something moving minimum hundreds of feet per second. Yeah. I mean, hell, you, if you punch somebody in the gut and they're not prepared for it, you can rupture organs and rubber bullet. That will do that. It can. It's It's rare for a punch to do that. Less rare for... A projectile moving hundreds of feet yeah. per second to do the same thing. Even more ridiculous is suggesting just target the limbs. <sighs> yeah, it, any the the why don't you just target a limb? It's that is far harder than you think yeah. it is. Yeah, and not even less dangerous. Do you have any idea how many important arteries go through your limbs? To just target a limb successfully, one you can't shoot him in the side because there's a depending on what you're firing, it's could go through the arm and still end up inside the torso area. Mm-hmm. And if they're like facing you, then you've got to hit a much smaller target. Usually it's at least maybe a third of the width of their torso. Mm-hmm. Even if you hit, get them in the And pole. it's moving a yeah. lot more than the torso. Yeah. And even if you get somebody in like, I think one of the least dangerous places to shoot someone, like the forearm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there there's an artery in there that... Your chances are in like five minutes you're passed out on the ground and dying. Yeah, I mean, as it turns out, blood courses through your entire body. Yeah. And, and tear- you need it. And tearing it open with a bullet, 
that's never safe. Getting into or getting back to types of bullets, um, you you can depending on the size of the bullet, you can just stack different modifiers onto them. Like you can have a match boat tail round. The boat tail means that the back of the the bullet is actually tapered to make it more aerodynamic. Okay. You can have a hollow point boat tail. How do you? How does the boat tail get fired? I mean, is it is it still got a large enough like flat on the ass where it's got you know the? No, well, the the round is recessed into the case so that the widest point is still held by the case. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So as the round goes off, the, the back of the round is being pushed, but where it's roundest, or where it's the bullet is widest, it's engaged with the rifling, creating the gas seal. Yeah. As it exits the round, the the bolt or the barrel, and it starts to move, well, that that boat tail, which was, is still smaller than the widest part of the bullet, mm-hmm. actually creates fewer right. vortices, so it flies hmm. straighter. It, yeah, it's it's not as disturbed by the air as much. It slips the wind, is what we say. Okay. It increases. Um, I think it's called ballistic coefficient. Yeah. Well, I was just thinking about the blasting cap. You mean the primer? The primer, sorry. Yeah. What, what? I was thinking about the primer because that goes it's at the back of the bullet usually, unless no. I'm visualizing this wrong. No, the the primer is in the back of the case. Oh, okay. Yeah, I got you now. Yeah. Bullets inside the case. Yes. Bullet inside case, primer inside case. Gotcha. Powder inside case. Slug so. inside other person when done. Yeah. You'll have to forgive me, I'm running on about four hours of sleep. That's okay. Perhaps my favorite as far as just insane rounds that has all the little bells and whistles is a uh, Mark 211 Rofus round, which is in 50 BMG, Browning machine gun. Mm-hmm. Now, it is designated by caliber, and if you hear caliber, you're going to hear a uh, a name on the end of it. That's how you know mm-hmm. what it what the actual cartridge loading is. Right. A Mark 211 is a armor-piercing, high-explosive, incendiary boat tail. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. It goes in, explodes, and now it's also on fire. Yeah. Those are used against light cover mm-hmm. to hit someone behind light cover. Yeah. Cool. I believe you mentioned having seen those used. No, I've not seen okay. Mark 211s used. And those those are traditionally used in rifles, not machine guns. Okay. Mm. It does does sound like a case where when you're done, the other person is not even a person or even a corpse, just missed and You really spheres. want to talk about terminal ballistics, don't you? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> if we keep going into terminal ballistics and descriptions of things there. Sorry, I'm morbid. <clears throat> we'll talk about terminal ballistics some other time. Tell me about the damage! <laughs> Are you here for the violence? <laughs> You're here for the violence. <laughs> God, I love Durant. Well, until next time, uh, we'll, we'll get to into more minutiae of guns. Until then, have a good day. It was the easiest one to explain.